have, the more one is worth. about a really good Sunday. What makes a good Sunday? Well, Sunday, you check in with your values. You check in with who you are as a person. Maybe get some exercise. Take a day to rest. You know, Sundays are for resting. Watch a good film, if you're me. Read a good book, if you're not me. Sundays are great. And this Sunday, I had a great experience. I went golfing with four of my best friends. These guys are going to be, like, I'm talking groomsmen and best man at my wedding. We're just out there, and we get to the course, we get to the golf course, and there's just that, like, there's that dewy sort of grass, you know, where the, the beads of grass sort of swell up to the surface of the seed of the, of the blade of grass. It's just like, you can just see the water droplets on the grass. There was not a single cloud in the sky like I'm talking like the bluest of skies and a nice even keel 16 or 18 degrees Celsius <laughs> and we when we pulled up to that place man it was just I don't know it's like it's you it's not euphoric but it's like utopic to me like there's no better scenario for me so today I wanted to discuss scenarios, like different scenarios that could have happened that would have happened in the film industry, you know? And I'm also doing something that I don't normally do. Normally, I kind of set aside a topic, I set aside a few topics, let's say, and I create a show around it. Like I just say to myself, all right, I'm gonna be doing my show today on this topic and I'm going to follow these specific instructions and blah 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 and I really do enjoy that because it allows me to focus but sometimes in my opinion my best material comes out like or for what I think is the best in me comes out when I just open the floor and I just talk about whatever I want however I want and you know this is my time to vent to rejoice to enjoy you know so that's what this episode is going to be like it's going to be all over the place I'm going to just go like crazy as they say does anyone say that I, I whatever anyways scenarios I recently came across this scenario where Christian Bale was asked in an interview for Thor Love and Thunder would you ever return to the Cape and Cowl? And he goes, yeah, well, you know, 
this, that, the other. If Chris Nolan came to me and said, you know, you, we would do it again, then yes, of course. That would be the only scenario I would return, you know. And uh, that's my Christian Bale impression for anyone out there. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a scenario for you, you know. Like, that's so unnecessary to me to have another Christian Bale Batman movie. But, like, just to even hear it, you know, it makes me, like, want to rewatch the entire Dark Knight trilogy. That's how hyped I get about news. I love movie news more than anything because it gets your hopes up. It eliminates your hopes. It makes you kind of go all over the place in the sense that like anything can happen in the movie news. It could be dust. It could be fairy dust. It doesn't exist. It's not on our elemental chart. It's a wazzy. It's a woozy. It's that's, uh, that's Matthew McConaughey from Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, yeah. Tangent. Tangent number one. <laughs> I think that when I get back to this idea of Christian Bale coming back to the cowl, I think to myself, no thank you. But I also think, oh, that would be interesting to see. There's so much content. I want... This is legitimately when I want, what I want to talk about and how concerned I am about this. So Jim Lee, he's like the head of um, like the DC Comics division for Warner Brothers. And he just released, like he's a famous, famous artist. Um, and he just released his 2022 San Diego Comic-Con drawing with like the DCEU future, basically. Um, the heroes are drawn on on Jim's sort of I don't know if it's like his canvas or what it is but they just kind of they release it to the world as this like art um, for the upcoming heroes and you know there's at the center there's Black Adam um, there's Aquaman uh, there's a couple of versions of the Flash on the bottom Green Lantern somewhere in the background and then there's Michael Keaton's Batman or what looks to be a version of Michael Keaton's Batman I guess um, the Superman from uh, Superman and Lois standing way in the back and like yeah the heart of it is Black Adam there's like Black Adam in the center and that's really it, you know? They, it really disappointed me in the sense that like all of the rumors are coming true. It's all coming true. Like the future of the DCEU is gonna be these stupid characters. Not stupid characters, I should not say that. They aren't stupid, but they're just not supposed to be like front and center. Like, they don't have a Superman that's, like, standing front and center. They don't have a Batman. They don't even have the Trinity. Like, Wonder Woman's not even on the damn thing. Like, I just think they're doing it so backwards. And I don't understand how they continue to miss. It's just horrendous. Um, 
And it's not because the, these heroes look poorly done. It's not because Black Adam looks poorly done. Or The Flash, or any of these movies that are upcoming. I'm still excited for those movies. But the scenario that they're creating is like, yeah, these are the heroes we care about the most, and this is going to be your new Justice League, and it's like Supergirl and an old version of Batman and Black Adam, who isn't even part of the Justice League. He's like an anti-hero. It's just, like, just give us what we want to see. Just give us what we want to see. That's all I ask. Yeah, that stuff looks cool. I want to see Ben Affleck again in the Batsuit too, in The Flash. But now, like, Ezra Miller, like, they've, like, Warner Brothers has decided to drop him, officially. So my guess, and my hope, is that they still release The Flash the way that they should, in theaters, and on a timeline. Like, we haven't heard any news because everything's on pause. But now the decision was officially made to get rid of Ezra. So then, yeah, like, The Flash, like, I'm, I'm guessing at the end of the movie... There's, they're going to reshoot something that introduces the new Flash that they're going to cast. And, you know, it's the perfect movie to kind of send off the old actor and bring in a new actor, right? Like kind of what they're doing with Ben Affleck's Batman, which still stings, but <laughs> we'll see what that looks like. But even that, there's this big Flash movie coming out with two versions of Batman and possibly two, three versions of Flash and like di jumping to different timelines in the DCU and like that sounds awesome, right? Like I'm so into that. But I still feel so unstable with Warner Brothers and with the DCU because there's no, there's no plan for Justice League. Like there's no future for that right now besides like this hope, this, this tiny little hope that everybody clings on to that is Zack Snyder's Justice League. But it's like Zack signed on to Netflix for four years, five years, whatever it is, um, with his, uh, what is that he's doing? Is it Rebel Moon? Or I'm going to botch that. But anyways, it's, it's some kind of like sci-fi um, movie or show. or It's a movie. It's a movie. Um, and... We're going to hear more about this and it's supposed to be like sort of like a world building and he's got his his zombie show or his zombie movies that he's been making um for netflix as well you probably saw those last summer when they came out um where they're cracking the safe open i can't even like that's the thing right like i pay attention to zach's stuff but like the netflix stuff it just it's not really working for me it feels like you know, just content for Netflix, and that kind of bugs me, but it's like, it is what it is. I prefer to see Zach on the big stage um, directing DC Heroes, and I still, I'm just, I don't think I'll ever be over what happened to him and how that was handled. And I just hope that somehow, some way, they at least, bare minimum, bring back Henry Cavill's Superman and, like, give him the story he deserves you know it's uh yeah i i'm still hopeful it's just it sucks when the only things coming out in the media in the immediate future 
they're not they're not something that I'm like scratching and clawing my way to the theater to go see you know and I think by you know October November of this year we're going to be talking about a whole lot more we're going to be talking about a whole different you know set of movies that are going to get get us going to the theater and get us excited and I just like these scenarios where I'm going to the theater with my friends and we're watching the movies of our dreams you know they feel like they're in the past they feel like that was a past thing you know like going to Endgame and going to Infinity War and going to you know anything Marvel <laughs> that was awesome you know like we went to a bunch a group of us went to Multiverse of Madness and it was like it was a great experience but like the movie didn't blow me away like the movies used to like the Marvel movies used to so I just I'm really looking forward to a time where we can go back to the cinema to movies that are exceeding the expectations in the Marvel Universe and the DC Universe. And it feels like this era of time where like it's niche filmmaking, right? So it's like the like Multiverse of Madness was a niche film in my opinion because it was like it had the big booms and the big cinematic Marvel stuff that you would expect. But it was also like it was Sam Raimi's project and it was like, you know, it was a little bit weird at times and there were some weird decisions and blah, blah, blah. I still really enjoyed that movie and it's out on Disney Plus again, so I'm going to rewatch it because normally I enjoy a movie better the second time just because I know what to expect. And of course, like in October, November, we're going to be hopefully hearing about um, the Batman sequel, like what that's going to look like, what that's, you know, like how the progress is coming on that second film. Um, maybe Matt Reeves will release a title or release, you know, some tidbits of information as to what we can expect in a sequel. Um, I'm really hoping for that. Um, that should be a good enough timeline, like October, November, maybe into next year, 2023, we'll see. But um, yeah, like that's something I'm obviously looking forward to. The next, like, Marvel project that I'm super excited for is actually this Madame Web movie. Like, originally they had casted uh, Sydney Sweeney, and I think she's going to play Black Cat. But now, like, the list goes on. Like, Dakota Johnson's in this thing. I really like her. I know some people, like, have a hate on for Dakota Johnson because she was in the Fifty Shades of Grey movies, and she's kind of, like, a bad actress in that. But, like, in those movies, the bad acting was, like, intentional you know like it's supposed to be this cheesy horrendous sort of acting with a lot of wild you know sexual scenes is essentially what those movies are so if you can get past her terrible you know on purpose acting she plays like essentially the same version of an actress like she's almost typecast you know like she talks and acts the same ways in most of her movies but she's been cast in this Madame Web and now this morning I wake up to find out that Emma Roberts has also been 
cast in Madame Web. So like I'm liking that cast a lot and I think that there's definitely a story there that could be interesting on screen and could, you know, be another niche movie that I actually like. The other thing too is like, let's talk about episode six of Kenobi. Oh man, like, so Obi-Wan Kenobi was a six episode season on Disney Plus and it occurs after the events of Revenge of the Sith, which is episode three of the film franchise. And obviously Anakin has somewhat recently become Vader. Like this is very early stages Vader. And we get into episode six, spoiler warning, obviously, if you haven't watched it or if you don't care to watch it, maybe this will make you want to watch just episode six because the whole show is very mediocre. And that's just my opinion. I just think that, you know, it was very Disney. It was very, they just made a lot of decisions that were safe and that's okay. I don't mind that. I just, I like a bolder, um, I like a bolder, more, I don't know, go-getter <laughs> kind of film or series, I should say. They had the opportunity to really make some cool stuff in that. And I just thought that that was a bit of a missed opportunity. But ultimately, episode six kind of saves the whole show for me because it gives me a scene where I have Anakin and Kenobi talking for what feels like the first time face-to-face, -face, like Anakin and Obi-Wan since he died, like since Obi-Wan basically leaves him for dead on the side of the lava pit there. You know, and it's that same level of emotions, like... I will say that watching the whole show allowed me to have more emotions in episode six when I watched that scene, as opposed to if I would have just watched the scene, um, because the buildup to the scene is quite good and you're hoping for it the whole time and then it happens. And, you know, Obi-Wan ultimately defeats Vader and slashes open his, his mask where to the like just a brilliant choice right and we saw it in the clone wars in the or not the clone wars but the uh yeah no the clone wars like that's the show right the animated show we saw a version of that where um osaka she <laughs> i'm looking it up okay i'm not the biggest star wars fan so i don't know ahsoka ahsoka okay yeah, Osaka, Asaka. At least I had the decency, or yeah, the decency to look it up this time because sometimes I get things completely wrong and I just move forward with it. But no, like, so it's emotional because we see Anakin's eyes and we see Hayden Christensen. Like, they did a good job of showing you that Hayden Christensen um, is behind that mask. And what they did with the voice was the most effective, all right? So they have Anakin talking into what feels like a voice modulator that transforms his voice into what we know as Vader's voice, what we know as um, uh, the voice from the old days. I can't, guys, I'm 26 turning 27 and I can't remember anything anymore. Like, can't remember anything. I'm looking up right now who voices Darth Vader, for goodness sake. 
and I know who it is. Like it's the voice of uh, Mufasa in Lion King, James Earl Jones. Jeez, what a brain fart. Anyways, the voice modulator between Anakin and Vader was super well executed because you can hear Anakin in the times where you want to hear Anakin. He's being sympathetic in a way. He's giving Obi-Wan some closure on what happened in Revenge of the Sith. You know, like he says, I am not your failure, Obi-Wan. And then changes back to Vader and it's like, oh, that's so good. And while he's saying that, you can actually see Obi-Wan's lightsaber, the sort of blue, um, shine off of Anakin's face. And you see sort of these sympathetic eyes, in a sense. It's like, you did not kill Anakin Skywalker. Which I thought Hayden did a great job with the voice because he makes it feel believable that it is him behind there voicing this character. And then he goes, you know, the, the red lightsaber now sort of starts to shine onto Vader's face, onto the side of Anakin's face, and you can see Anakin's eyes actually change into the Sith Lord that we know was Vader. And it like, he goes from like this real sympathetic look to the dark Sith that we know from Revenge of the Sith. And he goes, I did. Like, you did not kill Anakin Skywalker. I did and you can sort of see like Hayden does this like menacing sort of smile like he looks like he's smiling but he just does it with his eyes and it's really effective and probably my favorite part I love it when people yell in movies right like passionate yelling whether it be hate towards someone or a powerful scene where they're about to go and fight or just straight up excitement I love when actors yell and this also resembles a scene from the Clone Wars when Darth Maul is yelling, Kenobi! Kenobi! When he's stuck out in the desert there. Um, and then Anakin in Obi-Wan, the show, he's yelling, Obi-Wan! Obi-Wan! You know, from his knees. And that was also really powerful. And I liked that a lot. I liked it so much. That last scene... Um, in that made me very hopeful for a future Vader series. I would love to see a Vader series with Hayden Christensen at some point. Um, I just think that he's he's great and he loves the character and he loves to be in that suit. I mean, who wouldn't be? But, you know, he was still like, I'm sure he was given some form of a choice or an opportunity. And I think that he took it and he's running with it. And he did a great, great job. I guess like I wanted to ask myself in this moment, what am I gonna see? Like what's my July watches? What are my July movies on? Well, I'll tell you what they are. I got five or six of them here. I got five, five of them. And so the first one I have here is Elvis. Um, and listen, like Boz Lerman is the director and he's kind of one of those guys that does weird movies sometimes. And I don't know how I feel about his movies they're obviously they're all very style stylistic like I really like The Great Gatsby and Moulin Rouge is one of my favorite uh, musicals uh, he also did Australia with uh, Hugh Jackman and Nicole Kidman that's a beautiful movie all of his movies are like they're stylish they're shiny they're exactly everything that you would expect in an Elvis movie um, 
it's going to be shiny. It's going to be Vegas. It's going to be, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's going to be bedazzled. And I think Austin Butler is going to knock the socks off of all you guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he's, uh, he's a talented guy. There was that video of him with his acoustic guitar in the pink Elvis suit, you know, singing That's All Right, Mama. And it was a 2019 screen test. And basically the first time that he was, you know, started his journey into Elvis. And he's, you know, that's all right, mama. That's all right with you. You know, like he's so good. And he looks like Elvis. My grandpa is a huge Elvis fan, like has always been. And I think of like that screen test of Elvis. And I think of this plate that my grandpa had in his office in his house and sometimes I would go into the office and you'd see this plate and on the plate was a famous picture of Elvis you know playing his guitar his acoustic guitar and he's kind of that it's that side profile and he's got sort of the swooshy hair and the sideburns and yeah it was you know a young Elvis and I think more than anything Austin Butler is going to kill it as young Elvis um, I have a little bit of concerns for how deep they're going to take the story and what they're going to do with him as an older Elvis because that's not going to be super believable in my opinion, but we'll see how that goes. It's got outstanding reviews from both critics and audience, so that's a good sign and I'm sure I'll like it. Um, the one thing that I, I often think about is like, these biopics that are happening, you know, Freddie Mercury with Bohemian Rhapsody and this now Elvis movie, or let's say Elton John and Rocketman. They're kind of PG-13, right? They're taking these like R-rated lifestyles that these icons lived and they're making them PG-13 and it kind of rubs me the wrong way. It's great for, it's great for film. But like when you're a fan of film, you sometimes want to see things pushed to a limit. You want to see the bar get raised. You want to see them do different things. And sometimes when we just push the envelope and we give these sort of happy-go-lucky Elvis was, you know, this shiny icon, that's great. But I want to see the wild side. I want to see his life, you know. I want to see. So I hope that like this biopic does that because Bohemian Rhapsody was really, really good, but it's not rewatchable for me because it's so PG-13 and it's like, okay, well, Freddie Mercury was a lot, he was like a, a, a character, you know? Like he did things, he did really wild parties and he was, you know, just this bigger than life personality and I didn't get that in Bohemian Rhapsody. I got a great performance from Rami Malek and I, a very believable performance as Freddie Mercury, but it was still very PG-13 the way it was filmed. And I would just for once like to see, you know, the life that these superstars actually did live, you know? Like, yeah, show me that is all I'm saying. For me, the next one on my list is definitely going to be Top Gun. <clears throat> now, I get a lot of shit for this, but I have never seen the first Top Gun. I know the premise. I know uh, what, it is, what it is supposed to bring, what it brought back then. Uh, my parents are both big fans of Top Gun. They watched it. You know, I, I just never got around to watching it. 
And I'm not a huge Tom Cruise guy, so that's why. But when a movie gets the reviews that Top Gun Maverick did, the sequel, and, you know, I've seen a couple of clips from it, it just looks like a movie that they don't make anymore. This sort of, not happy-go-lucky, but, like, straight, awesome action, character-building action, <laughs> you know, like, just you're rooting for these guys from start to finish is essentially how I hope it is and how I, I think it's going to be just based on what I've heard. Um, so I think what I'm going to do ultimately, I'd like to see it in theaters, but I've almost not earned the right to go see it in theaters, you know? Um, I think that the people who need to see that one in theaters are the people who have seen Top Gun or had seen Top Gun or took the time to watch Top Gun on their own terms. Uh, before even maybe even an, an announcement of a sequel and now here I am you know there's all this hype around it I'm gonna wait and what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna watch Top Gun 1 and Top Gun 2 um, back to back on a day that's the only way I feel like I'll actually do it justice because it'll be also fresh and it'll be like I won't be comparing the two or anything like that I just think that I want to experience it in a different way than the rest of the world because I haven't earned the right to go and see it. I haven't taken the time to go or just to sit down and just watch the one movie. So now I want to watch it as a complete story. I think that would be a cool experience. So Top Gun's on my list. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Now this is the next one. This is... This movie could be really stupid. It really could be. But it is also a multiverse movie in some form. And it's got the girl from uh, Crazy Rich Asians in it. And, you know, when I think of everything everywhere all at once, I just think of the trailer. So go watch the trailer on YouTube. It's an A24. Like, A24 is the studio that does, you know, uh, ambitious films, <laughs> in my opinion. And a lot of my movies lately that I've enjoyed are A24. Like, all of Robert Eggers' movies are A24. Um, Good Time is A24. Uh, let's... What is the Adam Sandler one? Uncut Gems. Holy, that took a while. Like, the Safdie brothers who do those two movies, Good Time and Uncut Gems that's A24. Like, I just really like those movies. I think they're stylish, they're ambitious, and they, most of the time, they blow me out of the water. And again, this movie, Everything Everywhere All at Once, fantasy sci-fi movie, um, came out this year, and it's got outstanding reviews. So that's another movie that is on my list. And watch the trailer. Like, I won't do it justice explaining it. So just watch the trailer. The girl's name is Michelle Yeoh. She's actually, she's in a lot of things. I remember she was in a Bond movie. I was at Austin McNary's one night with Zane and, uh, Zane and maybe Michael was there. I don't remember, but we watched James Bond. We had some, uh, some ribs and some broccoli. And uh, Austin made this like different vegetable. I don't know what the hell that was. I'll have to ask him, but it was really good. And that's my experience watching the first Pierce Brosnan um, 
James Bond movie was eating ribs and seeing Michelle Yeoh as like his love interest. And then obviously she's the mom in Crazy Rich Asians, the one that he's, you know, trying to impress and that she's ultimately the the main character girl there. She's she's not she's not impressing her that much. The next one that I have here might be a bit of a shocker. Thor Love and Thunder. I just I'm too intrigued by Christian Bale as an MCU villain to not go and see this one in theaters. And I've been told when you go to the theater, watch it as a comedy action movie. So I go, eh, great. You know, but they said Taika Waititi, they being critics, <laughs> worldwide critics. It sounds like I have inside sources, but it's just me researching online. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm going to go into this one with open arms and I'm going to hug Chris Hemsworth. I'm going to hug Natalie Portman and I'm going to hug Christian Bale, Gore, the God Killer. I hope he's good. I hope I hope Taika is able to just do something a little bit more than make me laugh, you know? That's all I asked for. So I'm in, I'm intrigued by Thor Love and Thunder and that's what I'm definitely going to be seeing in July. The last film that I have here might surprise some of you. And you might not have heard of it, but it's a horror genre and I don't know if everybody is going to be into this, but it's on my list because I think it's going to be awesome. And it's called The Black Phone. Again, watch the trailer for this. Horror slash thriller genre. It came out in 2021, actually. But I haven't watched it yet. It's Ethan Hawke, and he plays this psychotic like sadistic masked serial killer or killer I should say I don't know if he's a serial killer but um yeah he's he's a great actor he's one of my favorite actors that like doesn't do anything is what I always say about Ethan Hawke and when I say always say I say to myself in my head whenever I hear of Ethan Hawke I'm like that guy's one of the best actors that doesn't do anything you know, like he's in stuff. He is. He's been in stuff his whole career. I obviously I'm kidding when I say that, but it's just like he stays out of the spotlight. He does a really good job of staying out of the spotlight. And he married Uma Thurman. Like the dude is unstoppable in my opinion. Um, yeah, you know, I'm going to see this one and I'm intrigued to see how he does as a pure villain, like, like a dark villain. You know, I see the the pictures of him in the mask and stuff, and he looks really cool. Like, he's got long hair, and it's like a half mask, like a goblin almost. It's awesome. I think I would recommend checking that out. Those are my five films for July that I'm going to be seeing. Um, and yeah, like, obviously I'll report back when I've seen everything, but... Yeah, this was a cool episode because I started off as like, oh, I'm going to do it in a scenario and I'm going to be like a scenario based guy. Like, oh, this is, you know, my golf game with my friends on Sunday is going to tie into movies. But hey, we got there. We got the episode done. You know, that's it. That's all I got for you. 
You know, we talked about many things today. We always do. But this time it wasn't structured. Just give me some feedback, you know. Reach out to comic book movie guys. Say, listen, that was a shit episode, man. What the hell? You're all over the place. Or say, yeah, you know, I enjoyed that. That was a cool whatever. You should do that in the future more. Just something. You know, something different. I give you guys content that I appreciate most of the time. But when I open the floor, I can kind of get into things that I wouldn't normally talk about. Like Thor Love and Thunder, yeah, it was on my radar, but like I wasn't going to talk about it because I'm not super stoked to see it. But it's on my watch list, so yeah, like I'll talk about it. This was fun. This was a lot of fun. I enjoyed this episode, and I hope you guys, uh, you guys do too. I'll try and finish this in some form of grace today. Uh, I just say to you, I'll say this. The people in your life, the people that surround you, those are um, the important people, right? But who you surround yourself with, those people, those are the people that you need to live with your decisions. And if you surround yourself with the right people, honest, hardworking, let's say, just kind, you know? That's how I feel in my friend group. None of us feels above the other. None of us is trying to impress the other because we're all impressed with each other already. We're all sort of on the same journey. We're just meeting up at a golf course on a Sunday morning. And that's what it felt like. It felt like, you know, four different worlds coming together to enjoy, you know, four hours of a moment in this long lifetime that we have. And I sometimes think of the past and, you know, people I used to surround myself with and those people that I was trying to impress all the time or like be who I wasn't. Like, you should feel like you're never yourself more than when you're with your friends. And that's how I feel right now. I'm super grateful for that. Uh, shout out to all of my friends out there. I appreciate you all. And I thank you for listening to this one. I've been Comic Book Movie Guy. This has been a ton of fun. And we'll see you next time. I'm Comic Book Movie Guy. I'll be home in the morning. Where are you going? I'm staying over at Cindy's tonight. What's new? The flyer. The papers call him the grabber. I wish you wouldn't call him that. You don't actually believe that story, do you? Because he can't hear you. And he doesn't really take kids that safe. Well, isn't that just peachy king? You need some help? You see that? Yeah. <laughs> Would you hand me my hat? Yes, sir. I am a part-time magician. Are those black balloons in there? Would you like to see a magic trick? I have an announcement to make. One of our students, Benny Blake, was abducted. What if I could help the police find Benny? Doesn't work. Not since I was a kid. I'll scream. I'll scratch your face. This face?
Daddy, I had a dream about him. What happened in your dream? He was taken. By a man with black balloons? Yes. We never released those details. Someday is today, Finn. 